Okay, so thanks for coming on, Rachel. It's great to have you here. Um, so we spoke a little bit in the pre-call, and you mentioned on the email that you've just recently spent a bit of time in uh, the UK. So yes. yeah, we just got a couple of questions around that, because on the email you mentioned there's a lot of um, ancient Celtic magic and sacred energies around some of the sites that you visited. Um, so we're just wondering if you could expand on, on that a little bit. Yeah. Um... So I, when I was, I started off, we started off in the highlands of um, Scotland. And of course, I mentioned to you a while before, by the way, it's really fun to be here. Thank you again <laughs> for having me. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I could really feel, I mean, I, my ancestry is there and I could, but I, and I could feel them like talking to me, connecting with me. I, I, and, that, and it was like this Celtic sort of goddess energy uh Bree, Bree, bride that's how you pronounce it bride which is pronounced spelled bridget bridget <laughs> but i felt that uh, i just felt um like almost like activation energies and you know i'm aware of course there's you know ley lines around the planet like anchoring in light and i i call it the christed grid that's how i refer to it you know the christed light that was brought in by that by that one who was known as Yeshua or Jesus and others. Um, but I really felt it a lot in the UK. And when we went down to Glastonbury and we climbed the hill, Glastonbury tour, I, I it was very sacred um, energy. And, um, and I could, and then we drove to Stonehenge. And also we had been in, um, up in Scotland, we, my son is named Aaron after we named him after the Island, the Isle of Aaron. And we went to the Isle of Aaron and, and there's Macri Moor, the stone circles there, which we didn't get to go to. Cause I was with a whole bunch of my family and little kids and we just didn't make it, but I knew we were going to go to the other sacred sites. So it was okay. But even there on Aaron on, you know, all the way down to from Scotland, England, like I, we just, I could feel the energies and I could feel that when I was at even at the Isle of Aaron and when we were at Glastonbury and when we were at Stonehenge and it, I could feel something happening and we actually went in Stonehenge we were able we booked this special thing where we could walk in the stones which they don't normally let people do anymore and you're not supposed to touch the stones of course I did touch one of them you know when they weren't looking but um, but I could, and I, I don't know if you all have ever, have you all been there to Stonehenge? I haven't, but I'm no. going in, uh, two weeks. It's like one of the, oh, you are. Oh, that's awesome. I'd be curious to hear. So you'll notice there's faces in the rocks. They look like these ancient beings are, you know, there. And it was just very, I, and I was like, you know, of course there's tourists, you know, and so some of them really aren't aware of the energies and some of them are probably, but I was talking to the tour guide. And I said, do you feel the energy here? And she said, yes. And she said, go stand in this particular spot. And she said, this is where all the energies converge. It's the place for people, you know, when they do the solstices and equinoxes. And I, and I had my daughter who's eight, very empathic sort of starseed child. She stood there and she said, I feel like my whole body's tingling and like, I'm getting a headache. It was, it was, she's so sensitive. And I could feel a little bit, but not as much as she was. And then, um, and then anyway, and I was looking at the stones and I, and I was just connecting in with the energy and, and these, you know, the spirits of the stones were like these giant, it was this deep sort of male voice, like a giant that was just, 
you know, I could hear like speaking to me. Uh, and, you know, anyway, I think so. I, and I, when I was there and also at Glastonbury, it was interesting because I didn't feel like there was like any specific message that I was receiving, but just being, you know, just be, I meant, I was meant to just be there to just receive. And I was thinking about, you know, what is, what, what is happening? Of course, the ego mind wants to interpret and understand. And I was like, you know, this is just something where I'm supposed to be in my higher self and just embody, you know, that the unity consciousness sort of way of just being and not understanding or interpreting, but just receiving the energies and it's, um, and so it's even hard for me to put into words because there are no words for some of these energies, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's really just unconditional love and, 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 you know, compassion and empathy and all the things that we, we, that are there for us when we move into 5d, you know, the fifth dimensional way of being. So <clears throat> it's just so, it was, it was very powerful in the UK. And I'm not sure, I think partly because I'm encoded, like my DNA is kind of coded there because that's my ancestry, most of, almost all of it. Um, and so it was meant to act, to connect me with my ancestors, with my bloodline, and then bring it back here to the US where I do feel a connection, but there's a lot more, you know, the indigenous people, the Native Americans have, that's their you know, heritage is this their, you know, place here, of course, now we're all here. But um, it, anyway, the energies in the United States are definitely different than the UK, um, in both good and bad ways, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, 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 it was, I guess my whole point is I could feel the ley lines, I could feel the grid of light much more strongly in the, in these places than, than here, maybe because I was traveling, you know, we were going around following that grid, but, but I could feel it. And I'm, I'm sure I'm bringing it back here in some way, you know, I, that's what I do, but it's in a different way that I'm not even fully aware of how. Hmm. How, how like, important do you think it is? Because you've gone back there because your ancestors were from there. Um, how important is it to go for people to go back to where they sort of originated from and try and connect with that earth. And I suppose it's like a second part to that question is how has it impacted the world and the people that live in it today? Because everyone has sort of moved all over the place. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's not, you know, I shouldn't say it's not possible because anything's possible, but I know for some people, they, you know, for whatever reason, they may not, be able to or feel they're able to you know travel to their ancestral homeland because it could be really far away certainly for most americans it is because we're all here as immigrants and are almost pretty except for if you're a native american you know everybody else this is you know they came from somewhere else so um <clears throat> you know i think for me it was, i was guided to do that that's that was important for me um i also have been to pyramids in mexico and i was re receiving an activation there too some of the the uh, mayan pyramids in particular and i knew i was like this is something's happening here and that even though that's not my ancestry i could feel it activating me in some way this was like 20 years ago but you know i think if people if if you can get there it's just part of your soul contract like it's it's all it comes back to like soul contracts like if it's in your soul contract if it's in your blueprint to go and receive those activation energies 
to connect with your ancestors for whatever reason as part of your purpose, then, you know, you'll be, it'll happen. You know, you'll find the opportunities to do, hopefully to do that. The opportunities will present themselves. And, and then it's just up to us to use our free will and say, yes, I'm going to make this happen and not be, you know, clouded by fear or doubt. Um, but if it's not in somebody's soul contract, I think you can still, we can all still connect with those energies um, because energy, you know, that doesn't matter. Time and space is all relative. We can still, you know, you can give Reiki to somebody all on the other side of the world. And, you know, you can feel like we're connecting now from across the Atlantic, you know, and we're still connecting energetically. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was, it was important for me to be in the land. The land has, has this activation energy literally in the soil and, uh, or in beneath the soil, you know, the energy, the ley lines or around above beneath, um, but that doesn't necessarily need, you know, not everyone needs to feel like they go there. They have to physically go there to receive it. You can just go in your mind, you know, astral travel, visualize yourself being there and what it would feel like. And then you're there, you know, <laughs> at least that's what I believe. <laughs> you, you've mentioned ley lines a few times. Um, so can you just explain to me what, what ley lines are? Yeah. Well, this is the way I view them are just energetic like it literally would look like a, a grid and, or actually I was saying to my daughter the other day, like a spider web. I, I mean, you know, and I, and um, a, a design, you know, in, in the way that, that these different energetic points uh, like chakras, like the body has chakras around the planet. Um, you know, there's like Glastonbury would be, I, I can't remember which one, but there's, it's like, would, would correspond to like a specific energy center of Gaia of mother earth, which has consciousness, you know, and then there's in the United States, there's Mount Shasta, which has another one, you know, in California, which I have not been to. So, which is interesting is in my own country. I've not been there. Um, and there's, um, you know, there's different places that are like supposed to be like vortexes. Now, for instance, the Middle East, that's a whole topic, but I, you know, believe that the reason there's so much activity there is because it's a very powerful, it's a vortex. It's a powerful energy center. And the ones who think they control things, I don't know if we want to go <laughs> down this path, but they're, they're creating all kinds of havoc because they know it's such an important location for the earth. So Anyway, but, you know, and I think that's the polarity. That's the darkness. Um, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I think it's, it's going to be okay, but that, but anyway, so I think these ley lines are, you know, they're linking different sacred sites like that, like Machu Picchu in Peru is another one um, where there were probably a lot of, you know, the, the, our ancestors, the ancient peoples knew, and they were guided by, probably extraterrestrials, you know, to create, build these pyramids and build stone circles and things like that, uh, <clears throat> to, um, to really amplify the energy in that place to help activate people. And of course, some of these sites have been dormant, you know, this energy has been kind of not activated, like it's Stonehenge. If you just go there and you don't have any awareness of what it is, you might not feel anything, you know, but if you do, and if you're ready to be active, to be like plugged in, then you will, it'll attune with you. And, and there, and it, and it can like then correspond with each one of our human bodies, you know, so we like the earth become activated, you know, our, our light gets activated. Remember our, our divine abilities 
as pieces of God or source, you know, within human bodies, um, to then help, you know, really link up with the earth. I'm going all over the place here, <laughs> but you know, the earth is moving into 5d consciousness, I believe. And, and the earth is, you know, as you, I know you guys do too. Um, and, you know, moving into that higher states of consciousness and we as humans are being asked to move along with, the, go along with the earth. Um, not everybody is ready. Not more of us. Some of us are like anchoring that in more than others as we awaken one by one. But um, I feel like that's the importance of the ley lines is for us to plug in and link up with that grid of unconditional love. So we can then each, you know, you know, that's in the earth and we connect with it. And then we anchor it in through our own light. And then each human becomes sort of like a ley line network of humans. <laughs> if that makes sense. I haven't actually thought about these things a lot, but I'm just literally, they're coming to me as I'm talking to you now, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes hundred percent sense as well. What you're saying. Well, um, just, is it called Mount Tibet, Aaron, that we were talking about? Uh, not Tibet. Um, Ky Mount Kailash. In Tibet. In Tibet. I'm not sure if you heard of it. I have not heard of that, but I'd love to hear more. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, well, I think the old Hindu mythology is that is where Vishnu Shiva. resides. Shiva resides. Yes. Um, so apparently it's got really powerful energies around this mountain and you, it's, it's so powerful you're unable to climb to reach the summit of the mountain. But there have been people who have reached a summit through meditation. So they've climbed a little bit, meditated, climbed a bit more, meditated, and climbed a bit more and meditated. Um, yeah, Mount Kailash, it's called. I feel like that sounds vaguely familiar, but that's interesting. So they're not like ready yet. You're not, it's too much for the human body to hold all that energy unless they meditate. Huh. You need to open yourself up and sort of a lot and you can only do that through channel that through meditation together yeah i believe it and that's how you know there's it's said that like um ra and tho some of the you know the the egyptian quote gods or multi-dimensional beings would live for hundreds of years you know because they would meditate and go in these like sacred chambers underneath the pyramids and like sustain their bodies so they could live for hundreds of years anyway yeah I, re I really like how you mentioned earlier that you felt like you needed to go back to the, sort of your motherland and harness the energies there because m me and cameron both started this spiritual journey roughly around the same time and we're both half indian and i've really like gravitated towards indian mythology and hindu mythologies and the spiritual side in hinduism and it's made me think perhaps that is a reason why i've just been pulled in that direction because of my ancestry absolutely i'm sure i mean it's in your blood it's in your dna and um your ancestors and then probably also past lives you know it's interesting because i i i also am interested in you know there's so much uh i feel like i get so jealous of people that grew up in india because the spirituality was part of life you know like right i mean Whereas here in the US, I didn't know anything. Nobody told me anything about this stuff until I had to learn it myself, you know? Is that does that sound right? I mean, I don't know if, if your parents lived there or if you ever lived there or if your parents did or no. Yeah. We were born and raised in the UK, but even in the UK, spirituality is not 
even really spoken about. And if it is spoken about, it is a lot of the time it's spoken about in a, I don't want to say negative way, but in a very sort of tacky way where people sort of um, apply sort of cheapness to spirituality without actually looking at true spirituality. And I get what you're saying back in, in India and them the countries over there, um, a lot of it is well within the education system. Uh, this is a way of life and this is how you should live. Whereas in the West, it's more seen as a hobby or an interest, not a way of living as it is over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually, there was, um, I actually did some sessions for this Indian family, like the whole family I worked with, like the father and the mother and the cousin, like they would all refer each other to me. It was really interesting. And they, you know, even though they lived in Mumbai and, you know, I don't think they were like living a spiritual life, you know, but they, but it was in their blood, you know, I'm sure you, you know, like they just grew up, like their grandparents would talk about things, you know, and meditate and like they had, they knew about meditation, you know, it was part of their consciousness, you know, whereas for me, it, none of my, I'm probably the first one in many blood, like many generations who's ever had like a meditation practice, you know, so, um, why do you think society sort of stemmed away from spirituality and especially Western society and moved up into the direction <laughs> that has them? Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, it depends on what level we want to look at it at. You know, I think there's the 3D level of um, control, you know, keeping people in disconnected from the source from their their souls and their light and that really came about with like the industrial revolution you know factories and then the public school systems basically being like training children to be good obedient slaves <laughs> sorry that's a, but you know that's what it was designed to do in the modern work week of 40 50 60 hours just you know it's it's wage slavery uh, and so I think that changed from when when we went from agricultural societies, you know, hunter gatherers, to then the invention of, you know, machinery, you know, the industrial revolution, really. So I think, you know, and of course, that's one level. The other level is the intervening consciousnesses from other dimensions, you know, connected to the Anunnaki, connected to, I don't know, you know, to those who kind of, or the seas of, of humanity that originally, you know, created earth, you know, the hybrid race of humans <laughs> to be slaves essentially. So, you know, this goes back to like thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, I think, but, you know, I think even though that, like that, that's what I believe, like from a deeper perspective, the, it's really, you know, that when I talk about the Anunnaki, you know, what I believe, and I'm, I'm sure you all do too, and probably your listeners, is like that's been going on. There's been secret, you know, the secret society or the secret, um, the ones who think they control things have been around doing this for ever, you know. But and it start really starts with the Romans, I think, like when they started conquering and and destroying all the like when I was in the UK, you know, they just would ravage, kill, you know, all these um, these the 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 um, this is the, I'm sorry, I'm like losing words, the clans, you know, the one, they were pagans, they were, um, 
the Celts that had this deep connection to the land, to the spirits of the land, and and they just were wiped out. You know, what's the um uh the Essene, you know, there's the Essenes, there's the Cathars, you know, all these different um very powerful spiritual um groups connected to Jesus that were they intentionally tried to wipe them out, you know, and so then that kind of took over Roman is really, you know, the Romans, as you all know, that's still their system of rule. And it's still here, you know, in what it's like running Western culture. <laughs> and it, I don't think it had as much, it didn't have as much as an effect in Eastern, you know, like in Asia, um, for whatever reason, you know, I guess, I don't know why exactly, but that's, they chose their, that that's, we're still experiencing that oppression. Well, what we, earlier you just you touched on what's sort of like the Middle East and the fact that well America seemed to keep poking the noses into the Middle East. What do you believe is over there for the America? Because I, I believe that, or in theory, a lot of what the the people of Rome that sort of continued on their bloodline somehow ended up into America, and that's how the, that agenda keeps sort of living on um, throughout the West. Why do you think they're poking the nose into the Middle East so much? I think because they know there's power there. And I, you know, that's the really the birth of uh, my, I, I haven't thought about this a lot. So this is so cool to talk about it. Um, you know, this is again, my feeling and I'm just like plugging in right now, <laughs> but I feel like there's, you know, there, that that's where the, there were um, Iraq, you know, certainly they knew that there was the birth of humanity was in that place. And so, you know, there's oil, there's like the 3D perspective, wanting, you know, greed, oil, using war and profiting off of war to create fear and violence. And that equals control. But I think at a deeper level, they were, there's a lot of historical evidence, especially in, in Iraq, Iraq and other places around there of, um, extraterrestrial presence of like the truth of humanity. Like there's these huge statues that, you know, when they were taking down Saddam Hussein or whatever they were doing, you know, they would just, they just destroyed so much of that. Um, and I think, you know, with the thing going on in Israel and Gaza, you know, I think there's, if they can keep chaos in that place, because there's such a powerful vortex of energy there, then it can their their goal <laughs> is to continue destabilizing like creating that you know state of uh, constant fear on the planet and because it's almost like i feel like it's like going into like the heart of gaia you know to that that power so i'm not sure which i can't remember which chakra um that certain area of the middle east corresponds to if you know you're looking at the body chakras but that's their goal is to try to just continually create you know, fear and unrest in Israel. You know, I, just, I don't want to get political, but you know, Israel, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's not good. You know, there's very connected to the United States and this has nothing to do with being, you know, religious or, you know, people say, Oh, you're anti-Semitic. Like it's nothing to do with that. It really has nothing to do with that, but it's what they're doing. is just, it's justified. They're justifying, you know, just killing off a whole population of people. Um, which is their, what they're trying to do anyway. But I think <laughs> um, the Palestinians, that's what I think is happening. And 
of course they make you know, make it sound like oh if you say that you don't have supporting Israel then you're an anti-semitic and that's of course completely ridiculous because it's the government is completely separate from the people you know the government is just like the united states like we i don't trust the united states government at all and you know and i and um but i think of myself as very different you know i'm an american and i'm very separate from my the government the government that thinks they're running things here which most people do. So anyway, I feel like, yeah, that, you know, so that's, that's partly the attempt, but I think what's happening. And when I went in, you know, we also had in Maine just recently, maybe you heard about it, this mass shooting, um, which happened literally right 30 minutes from me. Um, and, you know, and they made, they said we couldn't leave our houses for two days, you know, like that sounds familiar, you know, lockdown again. Um, and, I, it was, anyway, you didn't ask me about this, but like, it's all connected. You know, it was not, this person was a victim, I think of programming, you know, frequency programming, you know, which is what I think a lot of the mass shootings are CIA, MK ultra, stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, and I won't go in and my grandfathers were both in the CIA. Actually, I could tell you more about that sometimes. <laughs> one of them was a whistleblower and like exposed their secrets. The other one went to his grave with all the secrets, but so, um, but I think like it's all connected. It's just there's all these things are designed to create fear in the population. Um, and and so that's the goal. But my point is, is like I went in the I go into the Akashic Records for my information and I went in the Akashic Records and I was asking about this this thing that happened in me, this tragedy. And what was coming up was, you know, on Earth, there's. And in the Akashic records of earth, there's multiple timelines of like how things can play out. And most people now are thinking about what's going on in Gaza and worried about like world war three, whatever. Right. And, and we're, and so that was what I was thinking about. And now then this happened in Maine and now that that kind of shifted things here. Cause, cause I, there's such heavy energy here. There's a lot of grief, you know? Um, but I think, so with these sorts of violent, this violence, it's like, well, we're being asked as humans to decide what do we want? Do we want a sort of a culture of violence and fear where that continues and we perpetuate that? Or do we want to move into the peace? And what is peace? You know, it doesn't mean, but anyway, I mean, I think <clears throat> some people in Maine at least are worried about the second amendment being, you know, it's all about gun control and all that stuff. And that's probably true. You know, <laughs> that probably is partly the agenda, but when I, when I went in the Akashic records, what I was shown was we are like, it's this whole, the sort of like unity consciousness of unconditional love that, that grid I was just talking about, we were just talking about, it has to start with each one of us making the choice to say, I'm not going to live in fear of like thinking somebody's going to try to kill me. And so I'm going to, you know, have a gun everywhere I go and, and be in fear that somebody's going to try to kill me, you know, which is no way to live. Right. But just like what would, you know, I always come back to Jesus, not in a religious way, but deep, he's one of my primary guides. Um, you know, what, what would Jesus have done, you know, as, you know, forgive them for they know not what they do, even when he, he was, you know, they were trying to kill him or they did kill him supposedly, whatever people think, uh, he still forgave them, you know, and that's what we're being asked to do is like, even though they're trying to do all these things to manipulate and control us, we're being asked to rise above each one of us and, and just, you know, try to find the light in the darkness and in the ones who think they control things. And when we can find that light within them, 
they, we know that everybody, even this person that did this horrible thing here in Maine, everybody has the ability to be forgiven. And, you know, it starts with us forgiving them, forgiving ourselves, you know, self-forgiveness, self-love, and then it spills out. So I don't even know if that answered your question. I kind of went off on a tangent, but it's like, I think, I think there's hope. I think my point is like, I feel like there's hope because here in Maine, at least people are really being nice and kind to each other. There's a lot of like the town that this happened in Lewiston was a, is a really rough area of Maine. It's just, it's kind of like Liverpool. It's like a industrial factory town. I mean, I don't, I don't mean, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Like a lot of down and out people, you know, and it was depressed and crime and like, you know, maybe it wasn't exactly Liverpool, but it probably worse, you know? So this is actually, is what'd you say? Maybe it was Birmingham, closer to Birmingham. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. that I don't, I that sounds right. But it was like, you know, I used to work there actually. And I would, there was, I would work, there were kids living on the streets, you know, drugs, prostitution, a lot of people dropping out of high school um, because generations of families had worked in these factories and then the factories closed and nobody had jobs. So there's a lot of poverty anyway, but this is actually giving the town, I think a little bit of like, you know, reason to come together and, and have a sense of pride and there people are like hug, you know, they're coming together in, in love and hugging each other. And so that, even though it was sad what happened, what is that? What's happening is there there's love there, you know, there's love for each other. And so the opposite is happening. You know, the people are coming together to heal. And so then they're bringing in that they're starting to connect into that grid, you know, the 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 Christed grid. Which I don't, you know, I'm not as I haven't been following as much as what's happening in the in the Middle East, but I feel like there's the potential for that at some point. You know, it's not I don't know what's happening there now, but that's what I feel. You know, that's what we're being at. Like we're co-creating this reality of the five D way with each choice that each human makes. So it's it's a very likely it's still a likely scenario that we're going to be moving into this unity consciousness, maybe in our lifetimes. I don't know. But where each of one of us is being asked to make choices to bring that reality into, like, to anchor that in as our current reality, because you know it's all just potential timelines, if, if that makes sense. So, uh, sorry to go. Like, we keep like going back and then there and then back and then. There. It's but, totally um, fine. I, I love it. I love it. So you 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 said before about the Anuaki and they created us as a slave race mm -hmm. slaves for what <laughs> so all right um yeah so there's there's a lot of interesting evidence out there i don't know if you all heard have you ever heard of zechariah sitchin mm. oh yeah yeah all right so Planet he X, writes what'd you say Planet, Planet he wrote like the planet of or the um my gosh, I have it in my space, in my house. The gods from outer space. No, is that, I can't even remember what it's called. <laughs> my husband reads the books. I just know. Yeah, I like the 12th planet. The 12th planet. Yeah. The 12th planet. Yes, that's yeah. one. Yep. The lost so he, book of Enki, the walls. Yes. Yep. Got him there's back. a lot. And he did. So he's one of the only people. There's a few others. There's Eric von Daniken, I think, is another one. They did a lot of like research and they've got some really good evidence of um about the anunnaki and about these extraterrestrial you know races that that have been coming to earth for hundreds of thousands of years and um and it's even you know 
mentioned in the Bible, and I don't even, you know, I, I kind of, there's the Nephilim, you know, which are mentioned in the Bible. Then they mention the, um, the, the word Elohim and the giants that once walked the earth, um, which I believe were probably they're talking about the Anunnaki is like very tall sort of giant people uh, or beings um, that weren't the only extraterrestrial race to come here. There was many, many, many different ones, you know, from Andromeda, you know, the, the good ones, right? <laughs> the Pleiadians, the Arcturians, who I connect with both of those a lot, the Syrians, there's the Lyrans, of course, there's some of the other you know, the ones from Orion, which are the more low vibrational or, or, or I, I don't want to say low, but yeah, I guess it's, a, you know, not heart centered, <laughs> um, like the Anunnaki. And, but what I, what I, so in my research and, you know, intuitively there were different, um, like humans were created as like hybrids, you know, from being ex and I've actually had people say this in past life regressions when I because I do a lot of past life regressions. Um, a few people have there was one in particular, this young woman like in her twenties who was very intuitive, and she she came up she picked up on a past life of being experimented on as like a cave person, a caveman being experimented on by extraterrestrials who were like putting different things in her DNA and trying to like come up with the, you know, with this race, which, um, so there's, so in, you know, Zechariah Sitchin and different, there's, this is also talked about in, um, I don't know if you've heard of Drun Below Melchizedek, who wrote the ancient secret of the flower of life. It's a really cool book. Um, uh, and also there's, um, Barbara Marciniak who channels the Pleiadians and wrote this book called bringers of the dawn which is mind blowing. <laughs> I had to read it in little chapters because it gets dark. Like some of it's pretty dark anyway, but you know, that they all, these different races, and it's hard to know really the truth because so much of this has been hidden from us, you know, so we're all just trying to piece it together, but that the different, different extraterrestrials, different multidimensional beings um, ended up creating this hybrid race of, of us, you know, the, of humans that, had Anunnaki blood, we have Pleiadian blood, or like DNA, I guess, instead of blood DNA, Arcturian, probably, you know, Lyran for sure. Um, but that originally then, but that we were created as the Nephilim or something like from the planet Nibiru, like people from Nibiru came here. I can't even, I get it kind of confused to mine for gold. Like they were the planet people from the planet Nibiru were looking for gold here. And so they wanted to create this race of people that would get just mine gold for them. And that, and that's kind of alluded to in the Bible, you know, with the Adam and Eve and, and things like that, even though and there's, there's truth in the Bible. And of course it's also a lot of distortion, but the Roman ch church came in and, you know, screwed it all up to try to <laughs> confuse us. But um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, so that it's, that's what I, you know, there is, and there was DNA from apes you know that's true i think but that's what we're taught is it's just we come from the apes but there's this huge gap of like that doesn't even make sense like where's the gap there um but they don't want us to know that this is that we have all this multi-dimensional like power in our dna because then we would awaken but you know we are awakening and so the the, the goal was you know the anunnaki i i think you know we're kind of took control of the planet earth and we got cut off from source from God, unlike most other 
extraterrestrial races or planets, you know, we were almost like quarantined and earth is like this separate because they were trying to keep us in control to use us for their purposes of mining gold originally. But, uh, and so that's how it's been for thousands of years of just, we've been, you know, disconnected, unplugged, asleep in, you know, these systems of control that continue today, except for now, starting with the end of the Mayan calendar, the you know, 2012, which is be the beginning of the age of Aquarius, a whole new age, a cycle, you know, so this goes like way more into what you're asking, but you know, with Atlantis, like we fell into ego, you know, 26, it was a 13,000 years ago or something like that. And we be like things, we go through these cycles and we, and we went to that lower cycle of being asleep again and not remembering who we are and being very disconnected from our higher selves. And we're, and then we went through like another 26,000, maybe it's 13,000. It's a 26,000 year cycle, but then there's 13,000 years or something like that, where we then begin to awaken again. And we're in the beginning of that new cycle of awakening or it began in 2012. So we start to remember who we are and we start to um, open our third eye and we'll be break we're breaking free from the slave system that the Anunnaki had put in place. And the Anunnaki are still, you know, their, their bloodline is still running things <laughs> in the secret, the secret government, you know, that uh, most of us will never know who those people actually are, but they're, but they're, it's a, you know, there's, there's a lot of evidence of things they're doing see it <laughs> so that's what i believe going down the rabbit hole <laughs> well, th th does gold have any sacred or spiritual power the gold you know i don't know as much about the gold you know that was so long ago from what i've you know um it, i'm sure i'm sure it did i think it probably was sort of like fuel for them from what i remember reading about like with nuburu originally they were looking for water and then they came here and they were looking for gold. And so I, I'm sure it had something to do, or they found gold or they just, it was something that they needed. You know, I think, I think that the other thing that I, that I believe, um, and a lot of people believe is that they, the, they're, some of these extraterrestrial races feed off of our fear and our anger. Like that's literally like fuel for them. Right. So they that's what they're using as to, to keep us in control is through our fear and our anger. So I will like, you know, and in the way in the awakening, like the truth or community, which I was down that rabbit hole and like connecting with, you know, but I'll, I will, I've kind of come out of it a little bit because there was so much fear, like anything that creates a lot, like, Oh, they're doing this to us. And now they're doing this. And, you know, and then what happens is like, then you, you people, I have clients like this who, they're awake or they're awakening, but they're in a state of fear about what the next thing is that they're going to try to do to us. And so in the Akashic records, what I've learned is they're like, just don't pay attention to that stuff. Like, yeah, they might be doing it, but when we come into love and, and even like forgiving them for some of the really horrible things they've done to us, like really horrible, and they're still doing, you know, then we can rise above that fear and bring in love because love is like the most powerful tool it's, it's it's not a weapon it's a tool to then you know transmute that and that's our that's our greatest tool is is unconditional love you know that that's a whole like roundabout <laughs> answer to your question about gold but i think yeah i think gold and 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 enter it's the energy of uh, emotions you know that 
we're learning about how powerful that is and, and love is an emotion you know versus fear mm. yeah i've heard that theory before about gold and like, the world as we know it today has been built on gold and then when you look at i know from the hindu side of things hinduism and indian side of things they all like it's within their culture to wear gold if it's a wedding loads of gold needs to be put on um, and then the same with the egyptian times as well i mean look at the um the tombs that they, they were buried in were um were all fully kitted out with gold interesting i've never thought of that and i'm wearing you know these earrings are not gold but they're like they came from the hadrian's wall <laughs> exhibit museum and i and i'm wearing that and i'm like oh that's roman you know but i'm like i'm transmuting this you know like this is going to become something based in love not what they were trying to do you know what i mean but anyway yeah there's some power in gold that's for sure i haven't i haven't i don't know a lot about that but i'm sure there's a lot of power there mm. yeah because we definitely worship it yeah um, humans do have an uh, obsession with gold so it kind of makes sense that they've put this from going off your theory that we've been put here to mine gold so within our dna it's get the gold get the gold and then we've some way across the way converted gold into these iou notes which are um money dollar notes yes and now yes. we've sort of built up society on this capitalist greedy horrible way where we're trying to basically like eat each other to get as much of this sort of um what we would call gold even though it's just an iou note we're just eating at each other to create get as much as we can and if you ask most people what's your goal of life and it's like oh, i want to be a millionaire and everyone's just fixated on i need more and more and more and more it's like definitely i can see how it's embedded into our dna it makes a hundred percent sense what you've just um, explained that I have never made that connection, but I, that absolutely, yeah, I feel what you just said, like totally, because that is so much of what holds people back is this fear of not having money and like the money controlling us, <laughs> you know, like literally controlling people. Uh, and that's what we're really working to free ourselves from. And that, but they, but the ones who think they control things, you know, they, they continually perpetuate that there's a not enough, you have to save for retirement or else you're gonna, you know, not have enough. And, you know, um, when of course we know there's a divine law, like the abundance, you know, water flows freely, leaves grow freely. There's always enough. We'll always have our needs provided for unless it's in our soul contract that we're meant to learn something from being in poverty. Um, but that would be part of our soul contract, you know? So anyway, yeah, that's really fascinating. That's a really fascinating connection that that that's what explains that constant like ego based drive to to acquire stuff, right? <laughs> Material, yeah, as much as you can. And then the other side of it is you've said that they've sort of created us to be slaves. Well, we still, in a sense, are slaves to that same system because, I mean, we're all paying taxes. Like, I think I was watching a video the other day and it was saying you get taxed on your income then you get taxed when you buy something you get taxed when you die and you want to pass the money on to someone else well they tax us so much <laughs> but then that's like the same system there where we're we're going out working getting all the money and then just giving it straight to them so we're still in that slave mentality so yeah everything you're saying is like kind of backed up with 
Yeah, you know, and I feel and I know some people I don't know if you have this in the UK, but there are people here in the United States that are because like we have so you you guys have social security numbers, right? Or something like that, right? Uh, National insurance number. National insurance. Yeah. So like it said that, you know, each one of us, that's really our identity is just some number, you know, and um, but and there are people that you can do this thing where you at least here where you kind of basically disengage like you become an independent sovereign like common law sort of you're not operating under their those laws anymore but then you then it can be difficult to get a loan from a bank and you know get things like that you know and so i know people that have done that who have like just said i'm unplugged like not participating in this matrix of control as i'm be i'm like i'm you're not going to own me anymore but then they you know so that's fine they can do that Oops. But what I, you know, what I believe is like, what we can do is just, you know, cause that system, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am going to say this because I do feel like this comes up in the Akashic records. It's not all bad. There are things that some of these systems actually have, like the Anunnaki, for instance, they are also not all bad, you know, even though they were controlling us, it was like, what I picked up on is that they were kind of like loving parent not loving not loving parents they're like parents <laughs> that were like just they they kind of like they just didn't have the ability of emotion you know they didn't have that sort of emotion they they wanted they wanted yes they wanted us to do something us for them but they also were trying to continually improve us as a human race to try to upgrade us and make us better. And then they, you know, they're trying to help us in some ways and they really, and the ones who think they control things, I think really do think that they're helping people <laughs> in some way, like we're, we're going to control you for your own good, you know, but I think, you know, so everything's about, I think there's very little in the Akashic records that what I've been shown is there's very little black and white. There's very little things that are just pure good and pure evil. There's a lot of gray, and I think like with, with even these quote slave systems or things that were designed as slave systems, there's some light in there that we can tap into for, and like transmute, just like, you know, people reclaiming, like for instance, like Facebook or Instagram, like we know that they're spying on us. We know that they're using, there's a lot of like control and censorship that they're doing in these platforms, but I'm still on them. You know, you guys probably are, you know, or YouTube too, same thing, right? But we use those to for light because we know we can still connect with people through those platforms. And so we're kind of like transmuting it in for the purposes of light because that's what they do as well. They'll use like all these ancient secret sim, sacred symbols like the pentagram or swastika. Those have been, they were sacred, but then they inverted them and distorted them to use them for dark and that's what they do. You know, they they take the sacred things and kind of twist them around to create distortion. So what we're doing is the opposite, like taking their systems that were used to for control and flipping them around and using them for freedom and light. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> that's what I that's what I feel like is happening. Is that we're just we're like we're just you can try it can be yeah that might be what you're trying to use this for, but I'm going to be using it for a different purpose. And it's all, it's just about vibration, like the vibration that we use to connect with it. If it's the, for the purpose of love, then that will, that will be strong enough to like clear away the vibration or purpose of control, mm. you know? 
Do you know when you refer to your records, um, what, where are you getting this information? So the Akashic records, um, you know, I don't know how familiar you all are. I'm sure you know about it, but maybe your audience, might, I'll, I'll explain it. So the word Akash is a Sanskrit word that, you know, means the substance from which all things are born. It's like, you know, ether essentially. And it's met and the Akashic records are um, also known as like the book of life. And they're mentioned in the Bible and different religious texts um, that basically is a record of every human event, situation, circumstance that's happened throughout time, mostly on planet earth, but other planets as well. Um, and so the, there's the Akashic records of earth. There's an Akashic records of, you know, different countries. You can go on the Akashic records of a business or like a home, but what I, what I'm talking about, you know, those human souls. So I'm I'm going in the Akashic records of my soul and I do a lot of readings for people to go in their Akashic records. And that's essentially past lives. You know, all our past lives are there. And the information about our purpose, you know, our soul gifts, you know, in each lifetime, we're working on stuff, you know, improving um, different lessons, you know, it didn't work out in that last life. So I'm going to try it again in this life and, and with the same group of people, maybe, or we're going to flip and I'm going to, you know, I was really poor in that last life. So I'm going to be really rich in that, that this life, or I was your daughter in that last one. So now I'm going to be your mother in this one to kind of flip it around. Um, so yeah, I mean, for when I, so when I, when I go in my Akashic records, I'm connecting with that information for myself, but also for, I, I ask about humanity and the earth as well. And, you know, who I'm connecting with are, it's really these light beings that are, I call council of elders. Um, and they were like the masters and they kind of appear to me like a Jedi council, like in robes and, you know, they're very old. I call them the ancient ones and they, um, help us, you know, after we die, they will, will go before them. You know, people will call it like the judgment, you know, it's really not judgment as much as just reviewing your life. So they will help us review our lives. Like what, 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 how did that go? And what do you, you know, what can you work on next time? But it, when you go in your Akashic, we can all learn how to go in our Akashic records now to kind of check in and get some hints like, okay, how's it going? Like, I'd rather not wait till I die, you know, to review it. I'd, I'd like to figure it out now. Um, and so for thousands of years, this information has not been available to us. Like only the ancient mystics, you know, the ones who were studying like really esoteric things like the Essenes and uh, certainly, you know, probably in Indian, like a lot of Indian mystics and holy people um, in Tibet, you know, different would have access to this information. But now, because so many people are awakening, we're all many more, many people are are going to have the ability to access their own Akashic records. It's really just a layer of our light body. It's like part of it's like right here, you know, so it's just a different level of consciousness. And the way I go into my Akashic records is through prayer. And I set the intention. I bring in light through my body and I just feel like I'm flowing in light and I focus on my heart opening and I just set the intention and use specific words to just say like, I want to access my Akashic records now. And so anyway, yeah, it's a, such a powerful space to just 
get so much information and, and healing. And then there's different beings that come in and it's, it's really incredible. It's been just the, one of the greatest gifts of my life. <laughs> uh, so let's just say we've got someone listening who's sat at home right now that wants to access this. What should their process be like? Where, where would they get started? I would say, you know, it's really important to, tr well, you could just try to access it yourself. You could just try to sit down and say, I'm going to try to access my Akashic records. But for me, I learned, I, I learned from somebody else and they taught me how to do it, you know, and that was really helpful for me because it's not something that many of us know how to do. It's like, what is that? Most people don't even know what it is. So, you know, but what it is, you know, the basic way to access is to attune your vibration to the vibration of the akashic records and what i you know mean by vibration for those listening is in human bodies we're in often a lower vibrational state you know we've just got our stuff there's something we're mad about we're you know fearful about and that it means that we're living you know it's like a, a flatter wave you know and whereas the realm of of um angels or the, you know the source the creator energy of god you know all these these higher beings exist in a including the akashic records exist in a higher vibrational place of you know a higher wave that would be you know i'm using my hands nobody you know, can see maybe some people can see it i don't know uh but that that is of love and so when you, so how do we, we, so how do we attune to that vibration of love? And then, you know, we bring in light. So the light, when you imagine light flowing through your body, it's opening up your, your energy systems and really focusing on the heart. So opening the heart and imagining that there's like light flooding out of your heart, like, you know, like floodlights, or I like to imagine like a pool of waters in front of my heart, like a, a ref long reflecting pool. And then it's being reflected back to me. Um, I sometimes imagine this is what I do and this is not going to work for everyone, but I, I imagine there's Jesus and I'm connecting through the heart of Jesus. <laughs> That's just because he's one of my guides, but not if, you know, people that have religious programming, cause there's a lot of that might not want to do that, you know, so whatever works, um, you know, there could be like Yogananda or Shiva, you know, like different, you know, beings like that Buddha, you know, that people connect with that can, that are, that represent like unconditional love and pure light. So, yeah, I mean, so it's, and the other thing is though, there's light and then there's words. So the words that I use will say, you know, I have a prayer and I, I could say to you, but then I would start going in my kosher records, which I don't really want to, you know, I could do that right now, but you know, it's something like I, you know, I humbly request access to the Akashic records um, to receive the wisdom, guidance and healing held in this dimensional space. Like some of the words, you know, you know, and I'm connecting to the Holy Spirit of light. So there's words that I'm using and I'm reading the words, I'm saying them out loud and then I pause and I read them again. And so I'm act, I'm connecting with that vibration even more, you know, through the spoken and written word, we're able to connect even more to that vibration. And then you close your eyes and this is where it takes some training because you have to kind of imagine. And the way I imagine, I feel like I'm going into these two big doors and I'm just like being guided in, like pulled in, like through the, my heart into this huge hall of like a library that goes on forever. You know, some people see it like that as a literally library. Some, I often just see it like, um, 
like I said, like just light, like soupy light that just goes on forever in each direction. And there, but there is some sort of container. I hesitate to describe it too much because I don't want people to think that that's what it's supposed to be like, because it will show up differently for everybody. So, yeah, I mean, that that's, and then there's just stuff that comes in. There's this, it's really just energy. So, you know, there might be a word that would float in your mind, or you might have an image come up. And what, what, what the key though, is the ego mind is still there. And the ego mind will kind of fight us in the beginning. Like, oh, you're just making this up, or you're not even really there. And, you know, when I first started accessing the Akashic records, I would literally, I was going in with the group and I would start to fall asleep because I was attuning to the energy. It was so much. I wasn't used to it. So I would like, I'd be sitting there and my head would just be nodding. You know, we were all doing that because we were had, we were just attuning our vibration to match that. And it was so intense that it could feel a little scary at first. Like, what is this? Like what's happening? But the more you go in, the more you get used to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of an overview. I do, I have a book that I wrote last year called tools for the awakening soul. And I, and I teach people how to do that. If they want to check out that book, you know, I actually will t in the book, I walk people through how to actually access their Akashic records. I will say what well, last thing that it isn't, you know, if somebody had, if they're really in their ego mind and they're in, if, if you're really kind of, you know, not used to being in altered states of consciousness, you're going to want to, people want to start practicing meditation, you know, things like that to begin to get used to the practice of being in a space of no thought of just clearing out the thoughts and just beginning used to, you know, um, the meditation is the number one way to begin to prepare yourself to do this sort of intuitive work, you know, accessing past lives and picking up on this sort of stuff. Cause it's such a different way of working with the mind that the ego can fight it and just say, ah, you're not, it doesn't even work. And if we think, oh, I can't do this or I'm not doing it, or I'm not able to, then that will become true because our thoughts will project and create our reality. So we want to clear those as much as we can. But I hope everybody tries because it's such a powerful way to get just unbelievable guidance and healing. And it helps me in every way in my life. Have you all tried to access your Akashic records ever? No. Well, you might now. Yeah. I'm thinking for sure. You've mentioned quite a few times that, well, obviously Jesus is one of your guides. And then you just mentioned how some people would be sort of resistant to using and Jesus as a child because of programmed religion. Um, what I guess, what are your thoughts on Jesus? Who do you think Jesus was? So, yeah, I mean, I was raised in a Christian church, as many Americans were, and um, and people in the UK probably were. I think it's more Anglican, right, or something like that. Church of England. Church. Church anyway. Of England, yeah. So like a Christian sort of, it's Christian, right? Um, <clears throat> so I was familiar with Jesus, obviously, because I grew up hearing about Jesus a lot, but I really got really tired of church and it seemed completely meaningless and pointless to me <laughs> after a certain point. And it just, in the Bible, like it just didn't make sense. And like, why was there this mean God that would like want people to sacrifice their children and then and then there's Jesus saying, and it was just like, what, you know? So I, um, so I was almost an atheist for a while. I went through this and I was interested. I started, um, you know, learning, practicing yoga. And I learned, I was interested in, you know, 
Hinduism, I guess, but I really started learning about Buddhism and I started doing Shambhala, going to Shambhala Buddhist meditations, which was really, I still uh, have a deep respect for that, you know, the, the, the Eastern way of, of being, which has taught me a lot anyway, but but then I started going in the Akashic Records and then this bearded man with long robes would come up and give me a hug. And I was like, what's going on? This is Jesus. Here's Jesus. All right. And now I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. And then, uh, no, here he is again. So he, you know, I think he comes in for me now as a primary guide and I just accept, you know, I, I love his energy and I call him like Jesus of Nazareth. Many people call him Yeshua is his true name. You know, and one of the messages that I get from Jesus is that he's, First, you know, I think he did exist. You know, there was many, there's many, there's a lot of proof. And even in, as you probably know, in India and in Tibet and other, you know, the East, there's, there's, they talk about, and I think even in some, in the Middle Eastern countries, this man that was there um, and that he learned from the mystics in India and Tibet and different countries, you know, that he learned Reiki and how to, you know, just kind of, become access his light body and these and these psychic abilities and these abilities to heal people um which people were doing in eastern cultures already you know for thousands of years and they were they taught him and also the Essenes he was part of that secret you know that that not secret but it was a the societies these people that um his mother you know mother mary and her mother like they were they were studying these mystical practices for already. Um, so I do think that he was, you know, an actual human being, but he had this very, this, it said that he was a 12th dimensional Arcturian being. Some people say that Jesus, I don't know if you've heard that, but that he was encoded as a higher dimensional being, much like um, Akhenaten, of you know the egyptian uh god who started teaching people to worship one god not many um which was you know the source creator i think that i think jesus had that that um very special it's you know something special about him obviously that that allowed him to hold an immense amount of light similar to muhammad similar to buddha similar to mother mary to many you know different um ascended masters that walked the earth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, but I think that Jesus did not want to be worshiped and, and that's what the major tragedy. And I think that, you know, when I picked, when I've connected with Jesus, what I pick up on is he does not, he's very sad at what's been done in his name, you know, all the, the killings and wars and like all, and, and almost every religion, pretty much every religion, <laughs> hope I'm not offending people, but you know, every, almost every religion is, has doctrine and dogma that is used for control. And, um, and especially with Jesus, you know, so it's not accurate, <laughs> but in fact, Jesus just wants to teach us that we have the ability to do what he did, you know, to do exactly what he did. We all have those abilities to walk on water, you know, to transform water into wine, supposedly those things really did happen, which I think probably they did at some level, you know, and then there's the piece of his death, you know, like did, did he actually die or did he, you know, become move into light and then be his, was in his light body or was it all faked? And he actually went and lived in France and had children with Mary Magdalene and passed on his lineage, the Holy grail. And that's like a lot of the secret societies, the Cathars, the Knight Templar, 
the Knights Templar had like contained like his lineage. And that's why, that's why the Romans tried to kill them all off and essentially did kill off the Cathars anyway. So yeah, I think that's, that's what I, there's a lot, there's a lot that I still don't, I still don't know. And I haven't even, I've tried going in the Akashic records and I pick up, I'm sharing with you the things that I've picked up on in the Akashic records, but I, I still, I think a lot of us are still like putting the pieces together of the puzzle, you know? So I I did read that because is it true in the Bible? It says that Jesus went missing for 18 years. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, there's a missing years. Yeah. And I was reading something. I can't remember where I read it, but it said, uh, Jesus actually went to India. It sort of falls in line with what you're saying. Jesus went to India for those 18 years, learned, all these mystical things and then came back as like teaching yes. and spreading the word. Yes. He was getting trained by the mystics in India. They were teaching him how to do all the things he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they don't um, talk about that. In the article, there's a lot of comments from Christians arguing saying that it's a uh, Of course. Lies. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Of course. That's the there's so much religious programming and it's sad because I think a lot of I a lot, I don't want to offend people, but I think m- many religions and, you know, Christians are being tricked. <laughs> it's not, they're, they're, it's not, you know, they're, they're believing what humans have taught them, you know, like going back to the Roman Catholic church, the Romans. Yeah. It was definitely a certain point where people appreciated what what it was that jesus was the message that he was trying to send and it was what what we've been talking about but certain people saw that and thought oh let's actually use this and control more and more people yeah yeah and that's what they still do you know this concept of sin you know you have to like you're a sinner if you don't and that that's been so damaging i have so many clients who have been really traumatized by religion through Catholicism, you know, you're, you know, like a lot of like the shame and guilt and you have to go repent for your sins and all that stuff. You know, Jesus died for our sins. Like, oh, that's just not accurate. You know, like, and then there's the, then there's the fundamentalist piece of it too, which creates an immense amount of fear. Like if you don't accept Jesus as your personal savior, then you're going to hell or which there really isn't a hell, you know, and, um, and that also creates fear. So it's all about fear and judgment. And it's just so not what Jesus would want us to be doing. It's just like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's just, it's all okay. You know, everybody's where they're meant to be. And, and I think, you know, the concept of like, feeling like we're less than, you know, that Jesus was this amazing being that we need to worship is not also what is not how he wanted us to be. Like he wanted us to be like, you no, know, you can become like me. You know, that's that's the, that's what we're working on. You could he wanted us to become like him, not to like view him as separate so that we couldn't ever think that we could be like him. Because then we're constantly feel then we would constantly be feeling like we're not enough, that we're, you know, and then and then we stay in that system of control right (laughs) if jesus was doing everything he did for the sake of people worshiping and looking up to him that's sort of ego based and he wouldn't be able to do what he did if he was too concerned about how his ego looked and how he wanted to become like this mystical god like would it work if he was focused on that rather than focused on helping people and love and yeah exactly because that would have been ego right being worshipped or having people 
Yeah. It would have been ego. Exactly. And that's, and I, I see that that still happens. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm, I have ego of course, but even in like the new age community, which I consider myself to be connected to, there is still that ego spiritual guru thing that happens. And it's like, it's all like the separation or like, I'm better than you somehow, which is really what we are really need to move away from, you know, that somebody knows more than some, somebody's more enlightened than somebody else. You know, yes, there are different, I think like people in different levels of consciousness, you know, that, that that's just, you know, part of our soul growth, younger souls, older souls, but it doesn't mean like better than, you know, and that's, it's a really important distinction, I think. Yeah, the competitiveness of it. It doesn't need to be competitive. It needs to be something that we do together. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So what do you think the devil is on the flip side of what we think? Yeah, what do you think? I don't think there is a devil. You know, I don't believe that there is like a devil, you know, but I think it's, it's a lower there, there are lower vibrational energies out there that are basically devoid, like lacking light. And I, and I feel, you know, there certainly are things out there that are, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, dark, <laughs> you know, there it exists, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, and I feel like there probably have been fallen, you know, the, the concept of angels, you know, Lucifer is, you know, the word loose means light, you know, and that there are angels that wanted to become God-like and, and wanted and like wanted and like the whole concept of Lucifer was like a fallen angel that believed he had the same abilities as God, you know, and that really is more like ego right and so in the tarot i don't know if you're familiar with the tarot deck but i used to, i used to i still do teach tarot and i used to do a lot of tarot readings the devil card means ego it means it devil like it means uh, and, and it also means uh, it's about greed power materialism sex like some of these not that you know not that sex is bad, but like in a way that becomes like an addictive sort of lust thing. Um, and so it's interesting in that, you know, when people talk about Satan or the devil, I think, I think they're referring to, it's really more an energy that is lacking light that is based in ego, you know, that it's, it's coming like what the ego wants and the ones who think they control things, they're really in ego, you know, and, and power and control. And they, and there's some, you know, I won't, I won't go into all the dark stuff that, that, you know, some that is said that some of them practice of lower of these gods that are, um, not loving, <laughs> but it is, has to do with distortion of sexuality and manipulation of sexuality and like rituals and stuff like that. We, you all know what I'm talking about, you know, it gets very dark, but it's, I think all of that is based in that sort of ego-based energy that is designed to be like the opposite of light. But when I go in the Akashic, the Akashic records, you know, this is a really weird thing to say, but ultimately like it's polarity, right? There's, you, you know, it's almost like, how do we know the light? 
well, we only know the light because we see the dark, you know, and if we were in a dark room and there were, we, we would only know, we would only be able to see the objects in the dark room if there was a little bit of light and same thing, like if there were light, if there was just light everywhere, we wouldn't be able to see anything because we need shadows. You know, ultimately I think we want to, we, you know, our, the natural state of being of like a, a soul is unity and oneness and not polarity and not duality, but that is how we exist here on earth. And I, and that, so I think it is about balance and, and not that obviously I don't want, you know, we don't want those bad things happening, those evil, evil things, but it's part of, um, I think there, it's part of how we know ourselves, how we can see the light is by also seeing the dark. Does that make sense? Yeah. They have to be there. They, they are a part of just the cycle of life, right? Yin and Yang. But not to say, you know, but I think some of the things that have been done recently, there are so exceptionally dark, like that's, we're, 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 we're you know, we, we don't want those things obviously to be happening. And so there we're, that's how we're healing because it's the, those controllers have created, have like done some of those things to keep us in a state of control and fear but it's, we're moving away from that, but there's always going to be, I feel like maybe this might not happen, but as long as we're in 3d and 4d, there's always going to be polarity. There's always going to be light and dark. Maybe when we're in 5d, then there won't be, I'm not totally sure, but there might be. <laughs> well, it's like you were saying about this, the cycles that we're going on and we're now approaching the new cycle of, um, was it light that you said? Yeah, the age of Aquarius, the age of awakening, yeah. So it could be that um, things seem like they're getting worse at the moment, but it's to push a lot of us sort of up, like force us up a level and just sort of bring that that into into sort of fruition. Yeah, it's like how you mentioned what happened in um, Maine with the uh, shooter. It took something catastrophic to happen for the people in Maine to wake up and start loving each other. Well, maybe something catastrophic needs to happen globally for then the world to wake up and start loving each other. Yeah. And that's what COVID was doing a little, you know, that's kind of what happened with COVID is like, it was global catastrophic, which was, I mean, there's a whole, there's a lot more we could say about that, you know, but I mean, that was the polarity is like that, the, out of that darkness and that control came a lot of people awakening, you know, and the light coming in, you know, um, but yeah, like you were saying, Cam, I think that, um, we need to see the shadows, you know, we, and that's what, like with COVID, we started seeing like through the illusions, we started seeing the control and, you know, what was being attempted. And a lot of people are waking up now and seeing it, but we, we have to see it to then begin to transmute it. Cause if we never see it, you know, and for so many years, I mean, I was asleep, you know, for many, most of my life until 2015, when I started waking up, but I believed what they told me, I would follow the rules, you know, and I just didn't question it until I started waking up. And then I was like, oh, I don't actually trust what they're telling me in the media at all. You know, <laughs> I think they're not telling me the truth. So that's like, so what we have, and so people, it might seem like it's bad, like you're saying, Aaron, like it might seem bad, but really it's just we're acknowledging the dark and the shadows so then we can say okay i see that but i'm going to choose light you know like like we were talking about before i'm not i'm going to choose peace versus violence so 
And that's our free will. You know, we have that ability to make, have free will because there's two things like there's the divine, like the, like you said, Cam, like we're, you know, we're moving into this age of all these energies, this age of awakening where all these energies are with us on earth, helping us kind of a lot. They're, they're helping us awaken. They're helping us move into these higher states of consciousness, but we can say no, like there are people out there like, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. I just want to keep being plugged into the matrix. I want to listen to the news every day. I want to watch TV. I want to just, you know, I, I, I'm just going to listen to everything those to tell me, you know, I don't, I want to be blue. Give me the blue pill. I don't want the red pill, you know, so they can, that's their free will choice. They can make that choice and say no, but most people I think are, when you start to see you, you just, you know, you can't unsee <laughs> what you see. You could try. It's, it's impossible by far. I mean, for example, my partner, um, she, I've obviously woken up and she was pretty much blue pilled. And I would, I wouldn't force anything to her. Like I wouldn't say, no, don't listen to that. You have to listen to this. But whenever she had an opinion, I'll just give my opinion. And now after, how, I don't know how many years I'm starting to see that she can't see things how she used to, like, it's no one's fault. She just can't go back to how things were because there's too many, everything that you hear from the media comes with a question mark now. And you, you, you see it happening more and more with people since, as you've said, since COVID, more and more people have been like, what is going on? But we, me and Aaron didn't understand this. I mean, we were going, we were flying through the rabbit hole of conspiracies and I guess we were finding it interesting, but at the same time, it was burning a deep sort yeah. of hole inside. Lead you down the dark path for a little bit. Yeah, I did and too. That, I I did that, you know. You have, I, that. I feel like a lot of people need to go down that that crazy path to sort of yeah realize that oh shit, right. there's, there's more, there's more than yeah. That's what <laughs> sort of led us on this journey and pushed us into the light. You, you go down a dark path and you think, oh my god, like they're going to control us here. They're going to do this. They're going to bring out digital currencies, so we're not going to be able to buy any meat from the shop. Like, what's the point? What is the point of any of this? Yeah microchip us all yeah. make us into robots yeah <laughs> and they might they might that might be what they're trying to do but uh, but like it's not gonna work because it only will work if we believe they have the ability to control us but we know that they they nobody can control us because that is we have a divine right of being free and if, as long as we believe that then that will be our reality you know well, this has been amazing i mean really really good I had all of these, what we've talked about today, I had loads of these theories in my head and you've laid loads of them out. So <laughs> such a great way, right? You've answered a lot of questions I had burning in my head. Well, I, I, you helped me kind of like uncover things that I, I, don't, I mean, I, that I haven't actually talked about out loud, like ever. And it's really, it's interesting. It's been really, really cool for me too. And again, like, this is just what I feel. And some people listening might not resonate with it. And, you know, they can just say, okay, whatever. You don't have to believe that. But yeah, I, I love what we've talked about. It's so much fun. I feel like I could just talk for like hours with you guys. It's so interesting. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime because yeah, that would be cool. We wanted to talk to you about your book, but we didn't even get around to it because of all the other stuff. We're talking about. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I mean, the book is, 
I just, I, I touched upon everything we talked about, like opening your intuition, moving through ego, open, you know, quieting the mind. And it's just like, teach, I teach people how to do that. And, and there's like different writing exercises, talk about higher guidance and how to connect and Akashic records. So it's really, we kind of covered a lot of what's in there, but um, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to check it out, that's, it's uh, tools for the awakening soul, a guide to activate your intuition and uncover your life's purpose is a full title. We'll leave on my website. a link to it all in the description. Yes. Yeah. 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 Soulfulworkconsulting.com. And yeah, I do reading and all that stuff. So yeah, people can find me there. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank <laughs> you. This was, thank this you. was awesome. Yeah, well, thank you to Brandon for connecting with these. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's another he's another brother of the light. Yeah. <laughs> like you. <laughs> All right guys, thanks for listening. Cheers.